You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. Oh gosh, I have goosebumps all over trying to record this, but we have decided to share the audio from my live masterclass that I did last week. And I have never, ever in the history of doing this had so much feedback, so many emails and comments about a teaching as I did for this class. Yes, we had over a hundred people sign up. But this was the first class that I didn't teach from therapist Gloria or coach Gloria, but as just me, as just Gloria herself, super authentic, coming from the lens of combining Eastern and Western spiritual principles as well. So there was that energetic piece, which I personally believe. And wow, was this phenomenal. I thought we have to put this on the podcast. And I don't know if we're going to keep it on here for that long or permanently, but at least for now, you get a chance to listen to this. And we did cut out the Q&A at the end of it, just out of respect for our attendees who were on camera, who may not have wanted to be on the podcast. But this episode is for anyone who wants to heal their feminine energy and learn to receive more and to receive better. Even if you're a guy listening, you will still be able to learn so much about feminine energy as well. It exists within all of us as everybody has a harmonious balance of energies inside them. So the last thing I want to say is that if you do have a takeaway from today's episode from this masterclass, I would love to hear it. Drop a comment in the Spotify box or send us a message in the DMs or via email. And FYI, I had a sore throat that day, which is why my voice in the recording sounds a little bit more hoarse than usual. But other than that, let's dive in to the masterclass right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. There we go. Hello and welcome, everyone. <laughs> oh, this is just lovely. I'm so excited to see everyone today for our Get the Princess Treatment workshop. So if you are here, and uh, I think we'll wait a couple of minutes just to give everyone a chance to find our link. Hi, everyone. Hey, Sophia. Hey, Anna. Hey, Brittany. So while we're all dropping in, I want to know where everyone is from. So just let us know in the chat where you're tuning in from. <laughs> oh, hey, Brittany. Brittany is my girl. She's one of my new friends from Vancouver. I see, oh, I see a whole bunch of my past clients here and some new faces. Hello. Hi, Alicia. Hey, Anna. Hey, Gretchen. Oh, isn't this lovely? This is so exciting. We have Alicia from Barcelona, Anna from New York, Florida, New Jersey. I love it. And we always have 
a really lovely international group that we tend to attract. <laughs> this is so exciting. Gretchen is coming in from Rockford, Illinois. Love it. A lot of folks from the States. <laughs> so I'm sure that the reason you decided to sign up for today's workshop, and this is probably some of the highest sign up rates that we've ever had for a workshop, is because there's something about wanting to be a princess that you felt attracted to, but also you're here because there are certain things that you desire in your life that you feel like you don't have yet. And I always want to start off by saying that there's nothing wrong with desiring new experiences or desiring changes in our lives. In fact, I think it's a really good thing because it's telling you the direction that you're looking to go. So everyone is here because there's something that you are missing or something that you want. So before we dive into today's workshop, and I do have some slides, not that I like to hide behind slides, but there are a lot of visuals and concepts that are better taught with a visual, right? Or something that you can look at attached to it. And that's really the reason I've made these slides for you. But I also want to make it very clear that Today, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I don't even have anything aside from coaching specific on this topic, but it's really because I am personally looking to expand the topics that I teach and really growing from the perspective of someone who is a coach and a teacher. And this is a topic that has sort of organically come out of my own conversations with clients. And I've noticed that a lot of women whenever I talk about this, really sparks conversation. And so I feel like maybe it's time to dive into these deeper topics of conversation. So kind of just putting that out there. All right, why don't we go ahead and get started? So I'm going to share my screen with you. And if you can see this, if it's working for you, just give me a thumbs up so I know. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that we're recording this. And so if anyone is watching on a replay, please let us know with a hashtag replay if you're catching this on your own time. <laughs> but welcome to today's masterclass. So the purpose of today is that we are here to connect with all of you strong queens here, women who have, whether through societal conditioning or your own accord, have really learned to become these strong, successful queens, right, in our own right which I think is a fabulous thing. But you might be noticing that there is also another side of you, perhaps a softer side, that hasn't really been tapped into as of yet. And there's something about also wanting to be taken care of, to be spoiled, to be adored, that really speaks to you, right? But perhaps you don't really know how to reconcile both of these different sides of you. And that's what we're really talking about today. So the reason why I'm deciding to talk about these new topics recently, and I'll just be very honest, I have found through many, many years of work, working with hundreds of clients, that the women I work with who make the biggest changes in a smallest amount of time, they're the ones that grasp onto the spiritual concepts the fastest, right? So to give you an idea, 
traditionally what I've done is I've taught things from a very strategic point of view, right? If you want to go on dates, you do steps one, two, three. If you want to find a new partner, you do steps one to 10. And it's everything is very structured and laid out. And I've kind of sprinkled in spiritual and energetic concepts sort of on the periphery. And part of that is part of my own conditioning that I'm trying to unlearn because I was raised in an academic system, right? So I am a psychotherapist who has been trained in that school of thought. And you're not really supposed to talk about these woo-woo topics where I come from. And so at the beginning of my journey, there was a lot of fear of judgment, of leaning into these more esoteric concepts, which is actually what I was raised on, you know, traditionally. But, and through my work, I have noticed that the people who understand these energetic principles the most are the ones who end up finding relationships the fastest and who make the most progress. And so now that I've received this information, it's really making me rethink the way that I want to teach things and kind of getting outside of my own comfort zone. And, you know, at this point, I don't really care what people think anymore. They think I'm crazy, but I know how much balancing the step-by-step structure and the energetic stuff is. So... With all that being said, I am in this renaissance right now of kind of reawakening some of these old traditional energetic concepts and really making that at the center of my work with the steps and the structures and strategy to really support it. So we're going to be talking about three things today. Anytime you resonate with something, type something in the chat so I know. We're going to be talking about really understanding the psychology and the mindset behind women that you may even know who seem to have a really easy life, like things just happen to them in a good way. And it seems like they don't really have to do much work at all, right? The type of women who may not even be what society considers conventionally beautiful, but has this almost lucky girl syndrome about them and really understanding how they see things and how they live life very differently. And then we're going to talk more about the healing aspect, right? So healing that receiving wound. And especially if you are someone here and you can let me know in the chat, if you feel guilty or awkward about receiving things, So for example, when you receive compliments, when you receive gifts or grand gestures, or even receiving support, you get a little bit of an ick, right? There's a part of you that feels a little bit icky or uncomfortable about receiving that thing. And that's actually a huge problem when it comes to living the princess lifestyle. So we're going to talk about how to move through those wounds. And finally, becoming, right? How to really become the type of woman that you want to be. And part of that is from a more strategic perspective, really inspiring and attracting that red carpet five-star treatment from people or suitors who can actually give that to you, right? People who are mature, who are serious about pursuing you. Thank you for sharing that, Nia. Yeah, you know what? It's a very common experience to feel uncomfortable or feel kind of squirmy about receiving gifts. And we're going to talk all about why that might be the case. So I'm assuming that everyone here knows who I am. (laughs) Like if if there's anyone that doesn't know who I am, um, that's totally fine too. I think most people know me from the Inner Child podcast. 
It's a a self-help series that has been running for about three years now. Very popular on Spotify. But I know there are a lot of folks here who have worked with me personally as a coach. I also have a book. So I do a lot of things. I do a lot of teaching. But from a personal perspective, I kind of consider myself a bit of a princess in my own right. And part of it has been through my journey of inner child healing, but also really studying these spiritual principles. And last year, I even ran a manifesting mastermind, right? And it was an absolutely insane experience where five out of 10 of my clients ended up manifesting houses that they wanted within six months of working together. So I think the energetics of this work has been a big thing for me. And I feel like I've really mastered it at this point because I kind of just, it sounds kind of weird to say, right? But I think I have it pretty good in life. (laughs) I have a wonderful partner who basically does everything for me, right? You know, he is very much a provider type and we live a great life. I manifested the condo that we live in. So we had a very short period of time where we wanted to move to Vancouver. And we ended up stumbling upon this place where over 100 people applied to. It has this beautiful view of the mountaintops. It has like three bedrooms, just absolutely ridiculous And we didn't even see the place because we lived in Ontario. I literally called the guy over WhatsApp and he told me that he was going to give it to us at a ridiculously discounted price. And somehow we got it. (laughs) And so I know that this energetic stuff really works. Like even last week, I had a friend who offered to run my Facebook ads for free. And I was like, are you sure? And he said, yeah, why not? (laughs) And so really, when you really understand some of these principles that I'm going to share with you today, you get to live a life where the things that you receive are not equated with how much you try to prove yourself, right? Because it truly is about embodying this archetype of someone who just kind of feels good in life, right? And people can't really help but kind of want to be in your energy or want to be there to support you. But the thing is that when you balance that giving and receiving cycle, it doesn't feel like you're taking from people, right? Because you're in harmony with your environment. So we're going to talk all about what that means today. because it might sound a little bit esoteric from the get-go. However, you're definitely in the right place if you are someone who is tired of playing these roles or you keep playing the same roles of being very motherly, being a fixer, or feeling like you have to be a boss, right, or a servant in your relationships. These are what I call trauma roles. These are Roles and patterns that people can play out over and over and over again in various different relationships if they're not careful. And so what happens is when this cycle continues, you just continue feeling unseen, you feel unheard, you feel unchosen. But there's a small part of you that wants the opposite, right? You actually want to be spoiled. You want to be pampered. You want to be treated well and to receive these different privileges in life. Um, If you're open-minded to new ideas, this is a good spot for you. But also, you should be at the place where 
you're kind of past the stages of the initial healing work, right? You're kind of tired of feeling like the victim and you're ready to take more ownership in your life. But also another sign that you're in the right spot is if you were a child, you have gravitated towards certain characters um, that represent the princess archetype. For example, Disney princesses like Cinderella or Belle or Jasmine, or if you gravitated towards certain shows like Sailor Moon, Anne of Green Gables, The Sound of Music, right? There's something about these female main characters that you really gravitate towards. And there's a reason for that that we're going to talk about in just a second. Yeah, Anna says Snow White was my favorite. I just watched Snow White again last night. That's so funny. (laughs) Anna Green Gables. That's right. Yeah. So these are just some little things to look out for. So this is probably not the best masterclass for you if you're still very much in the beginning of the healing journey. Maybe you just found me. Um, Maybe you are currently still in the victim mindset, which is part of the healing journey. Um, But if you don't have an openness to newer ideas, it may not land for you the way that I intended it to. It doesn't mean you can't be here, but I'm just kind of putting it out there that it may not land at this part of your journey. Also, if you don't really relate to feeling feminine or there's nothing about this that resonates with you, that's totally fine. There's different strokes for different folks. This just may not be the right place for you. (laughs) Sophia says this is divine timing. Absolutely. So, The first thing we're going to talk about is really understanding this princess archetype and what it means. So if you don't know what archetypes are, archetypes are, in Jungian terms, these are sort of symbols or patterns or very familiar roles that we see throughout all cultures. And that's because ever since humans have learned how to speak, storytelling and teaching wisdom through stories has always been a rite of passage throughout every civilization, starting all the way from the Bible, right, which was using storytelling as a way to teach divine principles. And so if you look at every single Hollywood movie, every single book you've ever read, it follows kind of this blueprint of a hero right, who experiences a conflict, goes out into the world, learns new things, meets new people, kind of goes through this internal transformation, and then through those new lessons, finds a happy ending, right, and then comes back and it basically becomes a newer evolution of themselves. And so that hero is something that we kind of instantly recognize when we see movies and films. But that's not the only one. We also recognize the role of the villain in stories. We recognize the role of the fairy godmother, the evil stepsister, for example, the king and the queen. There's certain things about these roles that speak to us because we can recognize them. But what's also very interesting about archetypes is that all of those roles, we can see it within ourselves. And that's why sometimes we can actually relate to the villains of stories. Isn't that right? Because we see something about them that's an aspect of ourselves. So in psychology, for example, we call this parts work or shadow work, right? Because it's all about integrating all of these different aspects of ourselves and putting them together as the whole. Right. Um, And that's what 
inner child work actually is as well, is that the inner child itself is an archetype that we recognize. But the princess archetype, which is also known as the maiden archetype, is something that's kind of been lost in recent age because of the women's rights movements. So traditionally, the princess archetype has always been seen as a weak version of the feminine, right? She's kind of helpless. She's like waiting around for a prince to save her. Not very empowering at all. But that's not the true nature of the princess archetype. And what I want to say here is that women are not one dimensional. So nobody is 100% boss babe and 0% princess. But in reality, all of us have the aspects of the divine masculine and the divine feminine inside all of us. So it means that we can be strong and soft at the same time. And it's not about choosing, do I want to be a boss bitch or do I want to be a soft princess, right? That That's kind of this false duality. But it's actually about accepting both of these parts or all of these parts and knowing that you are actually both of these things simultaneously. And you have the choice of who you want to draw from, who you want to be in each given moment. And that means that if you're at work and, you know, I don't know, you're like closing deals and you're creating blueprints, like, of course, you want to be that boss bitch version of yourself. I think that's totally awesome. But when it comes to intimate relationships or when it comes to your self-care or creativity or those softer moments, it's okay to not be that. It doesn't mean that you're weak or that you're less than. And I hope that If anything, that's the message that you take away from today, that you have different sides of you that just haven't been developed necessarily because of trauma, because of social conditioning. And I feel very called to help women really understand that, right, that we have these different parts of you. And so let's talk about the princess archetype, right? I posted this on Instagram yesterday, but when you take everything away You take away all the conditioning, all the rules. We are all just children, if you think about it, right? We are children of our parents, but on a larger perspective, on an energetic perspective, we were birthed out of the materials of the universe, right? The atoms that make up our bodies obviously came from somewhere. So we are children of the universe, or you can call it God. And from a spiritual perspective, that is what the inner child is, right? It's recognizing our true nature that we're children at heart. (laughs) And so what the princess archetype really is, the princess archetype is a daughter, right? And so she is the divine daughter or the divine inner child of the universe, but she's the feminine expression of her. And that's what the princess archetype really is. And that childlike aspect is really the difference between the princess and the queen, because both of these archetypes belong to nobility, right? They come from royalty. And so there is a sense of responsibility attached to these royal characters because they rule over a kingdom. But the difference between the two is that the princess still recognizes her childlike aspect And so there is less of this sense of responsibility tied to it, which is actually a really good thing. So if any of this resonates with you, 
Just let me know in the chat. <laughs> right. So we are all children of the universe. And if you feel like you are more of a feminine person at heart, then you're a princess. <laughs> Simple as that. But just like all archetypes, there are two sides of it. So there is something called the law of polarity, which means that in this physical universe, everything has its unique counterpart to it. So we have dark and we have light. We have night. We have day. We have tall and short. Everything is sort of balanced out in this duality. And that means that even the princess archetype has two different sides to it. So traditionally, if you look at like kind of the new age world, they use things like the dark side and the light side. I don't really like those words as much because it's not really dark or light. <laughs> it's really that one is wounded, right? One is living in trauma and survival, and the other is healed or living from a place of thriving. And that's really the difference. Oh, I love these comments. Yeah. Princesses are born, queens are made. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, so let's look at these two different sides of the princess archetype. So on the wounded side, we have the four core wounds, which we've talked about on the podcast, right? So the abandonment, neglect, guilt, and trust. If you're still operating from your core wounds, then the abandonment and the neglect will manifest in certain traits, right? So this is where we have this sort of greedy, entitled princess archetype, right? This childishness wants only designer purses, right? And she demands things from people. She coerces people. She wants to force people to bend to her will. And I think this is sort of the traditional view of what, you know, being a little princess means. However, if you think about it, the only reason she's acting from such a place is because she's trying to fill a void. And so we understand that if you are actually filled with self-love, if you are truly abundant, there is no need to force other people to your will because you just are, right? Now, on the flip side of that, someone who has core wounds can also be asleep, what I call asleep. And being asleep means that she is asleep to her own power and her own truth. And so instead of realizing her birthright of being a princess. She thinks that she's a peasant, right? And this is where the people pleasing comes in. She has forgotten who she really is, that she's a child of the universe. And she thinks that she's just this people pleasing peasant who has to take care of everybody, right? And that's really what it means to being asleep to who you are. Ooh, I love that Gretchen. Yeah. That, so DBT um, is one branch of psychotherapy, who yet uses concepts like two things can exist at the same time. Absolutely. Now on the light side, right? What a healed princess is, is someone who is connected, right? Someone who is spiritually connected, has that childlike essence about her. And the only way that she can do that is by truly knowing at her core that she is loved unconditionally. Because by default, being a loved child means that you are always taken care of. And she trusts that the universe does take care of her, right? And even if she doesn't have a biological mother or father, she knows that she's taken care of by the divine father and the divine mother, which we see in mother nature, right? Or father of time, etc. And because she's in harmony with her environment, she's able to tap into abundance. Because if you look at nature, like 
if you go out in October and September and you look at the trees around you, nature is actually so wasteful and so abundant. Every single year, the trees just scatter millions and billions of leaves, just wasting it all right all over the ground. Nature itself is naturally abundant and prolific because it's in harmony with all things, right? There's no lack because there's always more. And so this is what we call the fully integrated expression of both sides of it. So I hope that this makes sense and I hope that it's exciting. Oh, and the one thing I will add about this is when you're truly in your princess archetype, it changes this energy that you emit and you gravitate and people are gravitated towards you who have this natural instinct to protect, which is very interesting. We're going to talk more about that on the third one. Yeah, I never thought of how abundant nature is. That's right, Sophia. <laughs> it really is, right? I mean, if we look at it from a scientific perspective, matter energy cannot be created or destroyed. It just changes form, right? Things just continuously change forms over time. So I want to give you an example, a very famous example of comparing the two different sides of the coins of the princess archetype. So everyone knows about Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn. And it's very interesting when I have studied these women, both of these women have horrific childhoods, right, from war, and both of them have father wounds where both of their fathers have walked out from them at an early age. But it's really interesting and quite sad to see what can really happen when we live our lives from a place of trauma versus healed. And both of these women have rest in peace to both of them, have had very, very different outcomes in life. So some people don't know this, but Marilyn Monroe, it's a character, right? That her original name was Norma Jean, but she had to create this character of this bombshell and really appealing to the male gaze and lived a very, very terrible, very, very awful, tragic life Norma Jean did. And at the end of it, despite having so much popularity and so much sensation around her character, died a very tragic young death, never seemed to find love, right? She cycled through so many men who, at the end of the day, did not seem to find her true love. Now, on the other hand, Audrey Hepburn was different when she came to the scene. She wasn't sort of the conventional, typical beauty that was seen at the time. However, she was always herself, right? And she was always this kind of girl next door character used to her real name, etc. And it took her a couple of tries, but she did end up finding the love of her life. And she died at an old age, natural causes surrounded by her children, surrounded by the man that she loved. So two very different outcomes and I use these examples, not just because they're iconic, but because people recognize them instantly, but to really show you that there is a very different expression, right, of the wounded feminine versus the healed feminine. And it's not about the quantity of popularity, right? That's so surface level, but it's really about the quality of how we live and whether or not we are true to who we actually are. Right. And at the end of the day, being true to who you really are is what wins at the end of the day. So let's talk about what's blocking you on this journey, right? How to stop feeling awkward or guilty or uncomfortable. So I want to ask you, first of all, 
Who here feels the sense of discomfort when you're receiving things? <laughs> Just type a yes in the chat. Yeah, do you feel weird about it or awkward about it or you you kind of just want to give it back yeah <laughs> yes very common and so this is what i call the hot potato of receiving right it's you receive it and then you don't want to hold on to it so you kind of try to pass it back to someone or give it to someone else you kind of squirm in your pants a little bit you feel weird about it so if you do feel this way or if you used to feel this way you had a receiving wound, all right? Now, continuing to carry this wound, it cannot lead to the things that you really want. So this is something of great importance. I do want you to know. And we'll talk about this, the energetics before going to something more practical. But there's a reason why we talk about the giving and receiving cycle, because it is a cycle. Right. So inside um, Soulmate, so I know some of you here from Soulmate, we do talk about the law of rhythm, right? So we talk about the seasons and how we cycle through the seasons. It's the exact same law. The law of rhythm explains how everything inside our world flows through seasons, through in and out, through rising and falling of the tides, through going in and going out. So in my culture, we call this yin and yang. Right. So the yin is the receiving principle and she's represented by the moon. And then we have yang that's represented by the sun. That kind of explains the masculine principle. And I do want to mention that this is not reflecting gender identity because not everyone who identifies as a woman also identifies as being feminine. We're talking about energetic principles. Okay. It's not about sex or gender identity, but it's about that flow. Now, naturally, if you want to receive things more, it also means that you have to complete that cycle by also receiving, which means that if you're having a hard time receiving things, or if you're not comfortable in your nervous system to receive things, then you can't get any more, <laughs> right? You, you're literally blocking that flow. And so both are important when it comes to creating harmony inside a relationship. And when I'm saying relationship, I don't mean strictly romantically. I'm also speaking of the relationship within yourself, your relationship with other people, and also your relationship with your environment, right? Because we're always in relation to something else. Now, the trick here is that giving and receiving is not about quantity. And so the biggest mistake I see from people pleasers is that they think in order to fix this, that they have to count how many times they give things out today. They'll think, oh, I gave out two compliments. I can't give any more because then it's going to mean I'm I'm people pleasing too much, right? Or, or oh, oh, I gave out five compliments. That's too much. I have to constrict it and ration it out, right? As if it was a limited source. It's not about that. You're missing the point if that's the case. It's about the intention behind the action. It's not about how many things you're giving out, right? It's like five gifts is the limit. And after that, it means you're a people pleaser. No, no, no. It's about why you're choosing to give. So people who are codependent or people pleasing, they're giving things out of fear, they're giving to people and taking care of people 
because it's being driven from a fear of losing connection. You see what I mean? They think that they can't stop themselves from giving. Otherwise, it's going to mean that they're unlovable, that people aren't going to like them anymore, or that their entire self-worth is based on how much they can do for other people or how much value they add to other people. And so what this means is that if you're giving from a place of fear, that's not true giving. It's an ulterior motive, right? Because you're giving to get something or you're giving to not lose something. It's fear-based. But I think that we all know at our core that to really give something has to be from a place of unconditional love. And that means no attachment to it, no expectation from where that comes from. Not because you don't think you're going to get it back, but because you are in abundance, you already know that you're taken care of. And so you're not worrying about where that love is coming from. You see what I mean? And so upsetting this balance leads to codependency and people pleasing. And I'll just give you a few examples, right? People pleasers struggle with both giving and receiving. They give and give from a place of emptiness because they're so fearful, right? Or they have nothing left and they're, they're giving out of a deficit. And at the same time, they also have a hard time receiving. They're not letting people help them. They feel uncomfortable receiving gifts. They push things away. They downplay their own needs. When someone gives something to them, they try to counteract it by giving five times back, right? Like you give me, you do me a favor. Now I have to give you five favors to try to counteract it. What do you think happens when we get stuck in the cycle, right? Of giving out of fear, but also blocking off receiving. What do you think happens there? I'll tell you, it's not good things. Good things do not happen from this place. And I was stuck in this cycle for so long, right? Because I felt like I was just giving and giving and giving, but I also wasn't receiving anything. And it leads to resentment. It leads to self-loathing. It leads to a really, really dark place, basically. Yeah, we become paranoid of our own motives and others. And that's a really good point, Gretchen. We start to believe that other people do the same thing, right? That there is an ulterior motive behind it. So how do we fix it? Well, I'll tell you the process that I do with clients and um, anyone can really do this. So it goes like this. The first thing to really do is to ask yourself, why am I doing this? If you're refusing to receive, or if you feel this urge to give to someone, the intention is super important, right? Why do I feel compelled to do this favor for someone? Is it because I feel like they expect me to, and I'm doing it out of obligation? Or is it coming from a place of true compassion, right? That I feel inspired to do so. If I'm refusing help from someone, why am I choosing to refuse this? Is it because I actually don't need help? Or am I trying to avoid discomfort? And so I'll give you a tool from the practical perspective. Any sort of block to this giving and receiving flow has to do with avoidance of emotion, right? We're giving things away because we feel uncomfortable 
having them. You see what I mean? We're refusing help because we feel awkward about receiving help. And so what we're actually resisting is the feeling of discomfort. What we're actually resisting is the feeling of having things, right? We're resisting the feeling of ick, that icky feeling. And we've learned that if we just give the thing away, if we just refuse it, then that discomfort also goes away too. <laughs> you see what's happening on a biological level? And so once you've figured out why you're choosing it, then you want to let go of the thinking mind and then you want to stay with the discomfort and allow that discomfort to be there. And so if you're receiving a gift, all you have to do is say thank you and hold on to it and just see how long you can hold on to that gift, right? And settle into the presence of holding it. Isn't it interesting how we call the present moment present like a gift? <laughs> Because we can only receive things in the present, right? Because receiving also means getting out of our thinking mind, right? So you have to learn to stop thinking about things and get into the being. Because it's only by being in the being that you can experience gratitude for what you are receiving. And gratitude is the end of that giving and receiving cycle. That's how you've known that you've completed that cycle, is when you're able to shut off the thinking mind. And it definitely takes some practice, but you can get there. Turn off the thinking, get present and embodied, and find gratitude for the thing that you've received. And that's how you know that you've completed that giving and receiving cycle. Difficult at first. I know that people can easily fall into their own mental traps, right? So it can be very helpful to have someone kind of pull you out of it whenever you're falling back asleep again. But when you master this over time, you're literally unblocking that flow, right? Where it gets to run like water flowing through again. And then you can just receive things all the time. And the reason why it feels like you're receiving things all the time is that when you do give to things, it doesn't feel like you're doing work. And I cannot emphasize this enough. True giving comes from a place of overflow where you have something to give from, right? So let's say if you have a child or a best friend and they're finally coming to visit you after six months of being apart, you cannot help yourself but want to stay up late and bake cookies for them because it just fills you with so much joy and it's just so much fun, happiness involved in it. It doesn't feel like you're forcing yourself to perform labor or to put on a performance for the sake of winning someone over, right? It's coming from a place of true unconditional love. And that's what giving really should feel like. And so if you're constantly receiving things and you have so much to give from and you're giving back effortlessly, right? Kind of like what I'm doing in this masterclass. Like I really had a lot of excitement and good energy behind it. I don't feel like I'm doing work at all. I feel like I'm just, you know, sharing this information with my friends, right? It's coming from this flow. And so you can give more. That's why I have like sometimes two, three hour coaching calls, which some of you know, right? It keeps going because I'm in the moment, right? I don't feel like I'm pulling teeth out of myself. 
And then the more that you can give unconditionally, the more you can also receive. And that's the secret. <laughs> that's the secret behind really embodying that princess archetype, right? It's by mastering this giving and receiving cycle. So in totality, there are multiple laws of the universe. There's um, some say there's seven, some say there's 12, but for the purpose of today, we're only going to focus on this. But when you become more advanced, you can actually use laws to counteract each other and you can actually manifest things faster. I might talk about that in an upcoming one. And you can actually use one law to cancel out another law or <laughs> use one to kind of mitigate the consequences of another one. There's all sorts of things that you can do. That's a lot of fun. But for the purpose of today, we're just going to focus on this one, law of rhythm, receiving and giving. Give me a thumbs up if this is all making sense for you. <laughs> thumbs up. That's great. All right. So we're going to talk about this last aspect, and then we're going to open this up for conversation and any questions that we might have. And now we're going to talk more about the practical aspect of getting that red carpet treatment, right? And so the most obvious way that this shows up is actually in romantic relationships. And that's because romantic relationships are probably some of the most intimate and also most challenging containers that we can experience as a human. And it most closely resembles our parental relationships, right? So that's where a lot of our wounds can come up, but also where it can be the most fulfilling to have that beautiful union between two people. So my first question, and I want to ask your shadow self, right? So what does your unhealed side believe needs to happen for you to be treated well? <laughs> right? So if you really think about the belief systems that you grew up in, whether it's from trauma, whether it's from society or the educational system. Let's just get a thing rolling in the chat. What are some things that women believe that they have to do in order to be treated well? <laughs> yeah, that's right, Anna. A lot of women believe that they just have to give and give, right? To be the best, whatever that means, to make no mistakes or to be perfect. Yeah, to look like an Instagram model, right? That it's somehow just about your looks. You got it to be the caretaker. Yeah, to be first, to have my whole life under control, to serve. Ooh, this is good. Now, notice the kind of vibe that's around these points that are coming. Yeah, to keep our emotions at a surface level. There's something wrong about this picture, right? Because if that were really true, then that would mean that perfect Instagram models would have just, you know, amazing relationships. But it's actually not true. I mean, if you look at Hollywood relationships, it's a complete disaster. There's probably a handful of celebrity relationships that I know that actually have healthy long-term relationships, but the majority of them are not the case at all right? And they've got it all. They've got the looks, they have money and they have power. And so deep down, we know that it's not true. Because if you truly have all of those things, then you would just have this perfect, healthy life. But instead, what all we really see from Hollywood is infidelity. We see drug use, we see depression, we see suicide, just a host of so many problems. 
right? So everyone here hit the nail on the head, right? And this comes from so much conditioning around having to be this perfect, good little girl who always follows all the rules, who does what she's told, right? Who doesn't rock the boat, doesn't cause trouble. And this comes from so much deep conditioning from our schooling system, which reinforces that, right? From what we see on the media, from the way that we were raised. So let's pick that apart a little bit. (laughs) What you actually need is the complete opposite of all of those things. Because if you really feel like you are this divine feminine at the core, All you really need is the right energetic match because you also have a counterpart. There are people out there who have a prince archetype who naturally have a disposition, right? And disposition means that at their core, they already have a natural inclination or desire to provide and to give. And this is not a stereotype because not everybody is like this, but a lot of people are. And so what this means is that all you need to do is to exist and to be yourself. But the problem is that most people spend so much energy being everything except themselves because that is how we have been conditioned. We waste so much energy and put in so much effort into being not ourselves. And that is where so much inner turmoil comes from because we have been conditioned to fight ourselves and create this internal conflict between who we really are and who we have been programmed to believe that we should be. All right. So I just want to hear some thoughts on who you have been trying to be versus who you think you really are. We can get a great conversation going on this topic alone. And this is also a law of paradox, right? That the answer to things is actually usually so simple. I mean, how much simpler can we get, right? Than to truly be ourselves. But to actually put that into practice and to really embody it is difficult because there's so much unlearning that has to go into it right? When truly being ourselves and being present is the easiest thing technically to be. Oh, this is so good, right? I've been trying to be a saver, a fixer instead of just being me. Yeah, I've been trying to be someone agreeable who doesn't ask for much. Exactly. And so trust comes with this as well, right? And when we learn to be ourselves, it actually feels like falling back and trusting that someone is going to be there to catch us. And that's what scares people a little bit, right? But that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Wow, these are some amazing conversations happening in the chat. Yeah, so it's really about simply being yourself. And if you've been on any sort of healing journey, then you've probably already experienced that when you shift into a different way of being, things just start popping up in your environment. It's actually crazy, right? You start experiencing these right time, right place moments where things just start lining up a little bit more. But that's a whole other conversation in itself. 
So let's talk more about some of the practical stuff. Now, if you've been to my other masterclass, we've talked about the Goldilocks approach, but in the spirit of the princess archetype, I'm going to use some fairy tale language just to make it a little bit more fun, <laughs> right? And we've talked about how there's different types of people that we may have gravitated towards, right? Someone who's too soft or too hard or just right. And you may recognize yourself. <laughs> I'm glad that you love this. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this too. And so I want you to recognize what types of characteristics you have been attracted to, right? So we have someone who's too soft, who I call the Peter Pan, right? So it's the kind of person that just refuses to grow up. They have an insecure attachment style. They're sometimes a little bit passive aggressive. They don't have any ambition. They don't want to take any responsibility. They're afraid of commitment, right? And they're operating from scarcity mindset. And they just can't seem to get their shit together. It's really the best way I can describe this kind of person. And of course, at the core, it comes from low self-esteem. It comes from not being in alignment with who they really are because they haven't done the work. And so if you find yourself attracted to this type of person, it means that you are still in your motherly or fixer role. You see how the two balance each other out? The Peter Pan is looking for a mother to take care of them so that they don't have to take any responsibility. And if you're still operating from a place of lack, then you are, it doesn't always feel nice to hear this, but it's important to recognize why you're both actually a perfect match right now. You see how on that level, it's actually a perfect match, right? You're giving to them and they don't have to do anything. They're, they're just sitting back and receiving, right? You're playing out the opposite role of who you feel like you really are. Hey, Sharice, that's totally fine. That's why you're here right? It's to really learn how to get out of these cycles. And so they're kind of like karmic cycles that kind of play out through these different relationships that we have, right? So now you kind of understand on a practical level how this is playing out, but also on an energetic level behind the scenes of what's really going on here, right? So now we swing to the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Now we have the big bad wolf. So someone who is too hard. Now, these relationships usually start off often with a lot of love bombing, right? Because the big bad wolf, contrary to the Peter Pan, has a very intense energy about them that for the unhealed woman can be very attractive in a self-destructive way. So the interesting thing is the big bad wolf also has an insecure attachment side, also has low self-esteem, but it manifests in an opposite way, right? So this type of person is very controlling, very narcissistic, can be abusive, right? It can be very rigid with their roles, like they're very rigid with their schedule. You can only fit in on this day or on this day. Otherwise, they're too busy. They don't have any time for you, right? They're so rigid and controlling. They may have anger issues and have issues regulating big emotions, and they can be avoidant or anxious. But the essence of it is the intensity of where this comes from. And so you find that women who are more asleep, 
right, who've believed that their pleasers will be more attracted to this type. But women who are more of the disorganized attachment style will be attracted to both the Peter Pan and the Big Back Wolf. They kind of flip-flop back and forth because they don't know how to find that middle ground. So sometimes they're attracted to the Peter Pan, sometimes they're attracted to the Big Bag Wolf. But you find that no matter which way you go, you never feel fulfilled. It never feels enough because you're missing that balance. You're not in harmony, right? Is this making sense? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I've dated big bad wolves and big bad Peter Pan wolves. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, complete sense, right? So then you will also see how when you're in the role of the pleaser, you are also a perfect match for the big bad wolf because you're still balancing each other out in a very self-destructive way. If you are more of that disorganized attachment style, you will have both of them. That's what I was. <laughs> the guys I would date, like the first guy would be some like CEO who never had time with me. And then the next guy I would date would be some guy who never had a job in 10 years. <laughs> Just like cycle back and forth, right? But what's happening behind the scenes is that you're out of harmony with the giving receiving cycle. You see? And so you can only be attracted to a Peter Pan or a big bad wolf because that's the only way to really be. Now, when you come into harmony, right, which is when you do the work, you do the healing, <laughs> then the people that you feel attracted to also, and I tell this to all my clients, that the things that you feel attracted to will also change when you become more in harmony. And that's what we call the secure attachment style, which is the just right or otherwise known inside this masterclass as the Prince Charming. And this is the type of person who really embodies harmony. And what's important to mention is that someone who is securely attached isn't perfect. That's also a false belief that it's imperfect or perfect, but it's not the case. It's about how in harmony you are. So this person has healthy boundaries, they have communication skills, they do have goals and ambitions, but they also include you in them, right? So there's a balance. They have their own interests, but they also have space to have you in their life as well. They take responsibility. They have that growth mindset where they're not perfect, but they're willing to grow and they're putting in the effort. And if you are a feminine type, this type of person will also have that natural disposition or that natural inclination to lead and to protect, not because you're forcing them to, but because they want to. That's the important factor there. There's a lot of women who they've been so deprived for so long that they think the only way to get a guy to do what they want is to trick them into doing it, right? <laughs> Which is completely not the case. It's about the type of person who already wants to do it. And there's a lot of guys out there or women who want to provide, who want to protect. And when you find a match, you're simply both in your own nature, right? It becomes very easy. If this stuff is new to you, it, there is a learning curve. 
So my soulmates know that it can take five to eight dates to start feeling attracted to this Prince Charming type, just because it's such a different type of connection from what you're used to. It can take even up to six months to feel very comfortable in a secure relationship. And my partner, for example, he loves to provide, loves to do things for me, but I resisted it at the beginning of a relationship because I was always questioning him, like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to buy me flowers? Are you sure? <laughs> right? Until I really understood that he really wants to do those things and I just get to receive. <laughs> Chelsea. Hello, Chelsea. Yes. What do you mean by love bomb? Yeah. So love bomb, it's a technique that a lot of narcissists and abusers use where they shower you with love and attention at the beginning of a relationship to kind of get you hooked, right? To to pour into all of your wounds and make you feel really special. And once you're hooked onto them, then they pull away and their their true nature really comes out. And it can create a lot of addiction in the relationship because the person on the receiving end is always holding on to the hope, right? Of of how good it used to be when really it wasn't real at all. It was just a technique to kind of get you bought into that relationship. So that's what love bombing means, right? It's a strategy, not a good one. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about healing this, right? So we'll talk about how to get back into harmony so that we can be a great match for that Prince Charming type. So just like we all have masculine and feminine energies within us. Healing also has a polarity of the masculine and the feminine. So the feminine side, right, of healing, this is the emotional work, right? So that means learning to regulate your emotions in a way to express yourself more freely. I mean, I do this with all my clients. It's the first thing that we focus on, right, is learning to regulate those big eruptive emotions. So you can start with identifying what you struggle with, right? Is your biggest Achilles heel anxiety? Is it fear, right? Fear of abandonment or jealousy, identifying what those problematic emotions are for you and learning how to regulate them so that those emotions no longer hold power over you, right? And kind of once you get into, you know, learning how to feel again, because that's, what the feminine represents, then you'll learn how to attract things to you, right? And kind of allowing things to happen naturally without you having to really do anything. <laughs> so that's the feminine aspect of healing. So in my system, we, we call it the feel, heal, attract system, right? This encompasses the emotional work, the energetic work, but then you also need to complement that with the structure of the masculine. So that means at the same time, you also need to learn some strategics around dating, because at the end of the day, you still have to go on dates, you still have to know how to make a dating profile, how to choose the right person, what kinds of questions to ask on dates. We're still in physical bodies, right? So there is still an aspect of this that is technical and practical, what to say, etc. And so when you combine these two things together, then you have a holistic way of learning how to get out of it. And there you go. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> but again, of course, it's always easier said than done. 
But I do think it's important to understand why this is effective, right? And what kind of goes into it. And so the reason I'm pointing this out is that I do notice that people who struggle and continue to struggle in relationships only focus on one or the other. So they get almost hyper to focus on strategy, right? Where they're like, tell me exactly what to say. Tell me exactly what I need to put on my dating profile word by word by word. And if you're only focused on that, then you're missing the energetic part of it. But if you get too lost in the woo-woo and you're only focused on the energetics, then you never leave your house. (laughs) You just kind of sit there in your energy and you never go through the actual physical steps of meeting someone, right? So that's why both of these things need to go together for it to work. And this masculine feminine principle, it doesn't apply to just healing relationships, but it's really for anything, right? So even if you're going to the gym and you're learning how to work out, yes, you learn the strategy of how many reps to do, which types of workouts, but you're also learning about the body, mind, and muscle connection, right? And learning how to visualize success, connecting into your body when you're weightlifting so that you're not injuring yourself. And so this both sides of the coin principle really applies to everything. So I hope you like this masterclass. (laughs) And um, the one last thing I'll say about this before we get to our questions for today is that there is another principle that I call law of correspondence inside soulmate. We call this the mirroring, right? That people around you kind of reflect something within you as well. And so if you are still attracting a certain type of person, instead of trying to fix them and focusing all your attention on how do I get them to change? because That's never going to happen, right? You can't force people to change. I would then shift my questioning to looking internally instead and ask yourself, if this type of pattern is still playing out in my life, what is it telling me about me? What is still true inside me that's allowing these cycles to continue happening? And the reason for that, it's not to blame ourselves, right? Because there's no blame involved. It's not your fault that you experience trauma. It's not your fault that you receive this conditioning, but it's to understand how the internal and external play out with each other, right? So looking internally and asking yourself what's really happening here. So I'll give you one common example. It's like every single client goes through the hyper healing phase where they just hyper fixate on healing. (laughs) Like, I'm going to study healing from nine in the morning to nine at night. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to your podcast in my sleep. (laughs) Right. Every time in the car, I'm going to focus on doing the exercises. And even though they're doing healing, they're actually doing the same pattern. They're people pleasing the healing process. (laughs) You see what's happening? You you are becoming a servant to healing itself. It's the same pattern playing out with healing. And this is what I mean by, you know, sometimes it's helpful to have someone kind of point things out to you because you think you're doing the right thing, but you don't realize that you're actually falling back asleep in the same cyclical pattern, right? And so this is where I have to call people out and say, you've been 
on the course for too long, you need to go outside and touch grass, right? You need to go and just play with paint and just do nothing productive for a few hours because you're kind of getting into the same cycles and they're getting frustrated. Like, why aren't I healing fast enough? Why is nothing happening? But it's because you're doing the same thing, right? And so ironically, when you learn to let go of that and just be in joy for a little bit, right? And just go dance, do nothing productive. That's actually when they start to see things change. That's when they accidentally bump into their soulmate on the street because they weren't expecting it and there were no expectations, right? That's when they suddenly get a job offer from someone that they accidentally met at the coffee shop, right? Because that's when they're letting go of that control and things are really starting to happen. So yes, (laughs) it's a funny example, right? But it's just very tricky how the ego can really rope you into the same dynamics again. Oh, yes. And I mentioned, like, I don't have any offerings specifically on this topic, aside from coaching. If you are interested in private coaching, you can always speak to me directly. We have the Soulmate program that's specifically for relationships. But I mean, I'm not really trying to sell anything today other than teaching these new topics. But if there are enough people who really vibe with this direction that's more energetically based, we can continue this. I mean, if people are interested in this, we can start a separate community. I was thinking of doing a spinoff podcast. So your feedback is all I'm really going to listen to on this. All right. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Lots of interest. I'm glad to hear. So let's have some fun. I would love to do a Q&A. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There, you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah!